the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're looking at the question, what is saving faith? And we're doing so through the lens of the Gospel of John. We have some answers for you. Stick around. Truth for Today is next. Saving faith. It's more than just a simple belief. I mean, even James tells us that the demons believe. They even shudder. There's that much belief, but there's no saving faith. So what is saving faith? Sean has some answers for us here in his wonderful gospel, and that's where we catch up with Pastor Phil Howard today on Truth For Today. We catch up with Pastor Phil in our series, Life Forever in Jesus Christ, The Faith Life, message called, What is Saving Faith? Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast. Look at James 2.14. Uh, he's describing the faith that is, not, is worthless. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Absolutely not. If your faith doesn't work, it doesn't work. So saving faith will always give evidence in good works. Uh, notice, uh, if you go to 7... Faith that does not act in compassion. Verse 15. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? And I think a good proof of saving faith. Saving faith will act. It will not just look on need. It will act. It's a a doing faith. It's not passive. Uh, then, 2.17, he talks about a dead faith. A faith that has no works is dead. It's just, it just not the kind that saves. And then here's a scary, verse 19, or 18, let's take it. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Hallelujah. They're atheistic. They're right on. I believe in God. Do you ever have people, I believe in God. Must be going to heaven. Can you believe in God and not go to heaven? Verse 19, you do well. Even the demons believe. And shudder. Don't you know that? It's no big deal to admit that God exists. There was never a demon that met Christ on the earth that denied he, that he was Christ. And do you remember when Satan tempted Christ? He never did say, uh, I doubt you're the son of God. He said, since you are, turn the stones into bread. I wish I could be tempted that way. Ain't no way I can do it. Have you been tempted lately to turn stones to bread? No, that's not a temptation to you because you can't do it. 
It was a temptation to Christ because he could do it. And the devil knew he could. And the devil said, just jump off this, jump off this cliff. Angels will take care of you. He knew he was God. And in the Greek it says, since you are God. The if is a condition in Greek that implies it's true. Since you are God, do these things. So being orthodox uh, doesn't mean you're saved. So let's go on. I make a little uh, indentation here for you about the Reformation, 1500s, Martin Luther, John Calvin, uh, Melanchthon, oh, Zwingli in Switzerland, uh, all the 1500s uh, upset with Roman Catholicism, and Luther being an Augustinian monk and a devout Catholic priest, uh, he was outraged that uh, they were trying to raise money to uh, remodel St. Peter's Basilica, so they sent an uh, Italian priest up to Germany to collect the money for St. Peter's Basilica. And they sold indulgences, that if you'll give an offering... Uh, we'll either give you indulgence or we'll take off time in purgatory. And this was the big selling feature. Well, uh, the German boy was greatly upset and enraged. He was pastoring. He was teaching at the university there uh, in Eisenberg. And he was upset by this. And out of this came this great furor that swept over Europe. And it was this big issue over works and faith. And uh, the Roman Catholic position says this, that uh, faith plus works equals salvation, or the word justification. Just think of the word justification. Here now, I I don't want to dumb you down. Justification is the Latin word for righteousness. Okay? Just remember that. When you see justification, we're saying, how can a man or a woman be right with God? That's what we mean. We use the word save. How can I know what is the thing I have to do to be accepted in the sight of the judge of the universe? How can this court ever declare me right? And Luther, Galatians, Romans says, by faith alone can you be right with God. But it's faith, not in faith, not faith in creeds, faith in Jesus Christ alone God can say you're in the right in the court of heaven, for Christ will have paid for all your sins and earned you a righteousness you could never achieve yourself. We can never be perfect. We all are falling short. So now I'm boasting of a righteousness that Luther said is alien to me. It was not inherent to me. He imputed. He gave me credit for the righteousness of Christ. And so I stand before God, I am righteous in your sight. Well, you just got through sinning. I'm not righteous because I just got through sinning. I'm righteous because I put my faith in Christ, and Christ bought me a righteous standing with you by grace alone. That's what New Testament salvation is. Now, Rome says you've got to believe plus good works, do the good works, and that equals salvation. It sounds nice, sounds good. Uh, but it becomes meritorious. i got to add something to the good works. That's why we resist those who say you've got to be baptized in order to go to heaven. No, you don't. 
Paul preached the gospel in 1 Corinthians 1. He said, I preached the gospel and I baptized only three people at Corinth. You're saved by the gospel, not by water baptism. 1 Corinthians 1. Now, the Protestant position was this. Faith in Christ brings about justification plus works. In other words, he'll give you a righteous standing before God, and he'll give evidence in you of doing right kind of works. Because he said in Titus 3, he saved the people to be zealous of doing good works. Not to be saved, but because we are saved. I could do nothing to be my father's son, but let me tell you, there's a whole lot of things I had to do to act like his son. And he was there to teach me how to do it. Did you ever pull that line where the other boys are doing it? You're not the other boy. I'm not the other boy's dad. Get in here. I'm your dad. I'm I'm teaching you how to act. But I don't want to act like you want. I know it. And, And it just seemed to make you cooperative. Now we say he's got ADD. We all born with ADD. We don't want to pay attention. Big deficit. And so God trained you, but you did nothing to bring about the birth. But we want to say that this is a great line. You want to remember this. Faith alone saves. You got that? Faith, sola, scriptura, scriptures alone. Sola fiducia, faith alone. Sola gracias, grace alone. But here it is. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. You didn't get it, did you? Faith alone saves, but the kind of faith that saves you will never be alone. It will go on to lead you to do all kinds of good works just because you love the God that saved you. Not to earn heaven. Not, uh, you know what? I think it is sickening to see people saved that are passive and lazy about doing anything for God. What's your problem? Have you been saved? Yeah. All by grace. Well, we know. It takes grace for anyone to save anyone like you. We know that. What are you doing about it? Well, I'm just coasting my way into heaven. That's no proof of salvation. Salvation produces this desire, I want to serve. I want to serve. I met with Howard Hendricks one time trying to figure out some life decisions, and and we were talking at Mount Hermon, and he'd had me as a student, and I said, give me some advice. What should I do in this area and that? And he said, you know, Howard, having you as a student, he said, you know what you should have done? I said, what's that? He said, you need to become a firefighter. I said, that's interesting. My brother is a fireman. And I said, why do you say that? He said, uh, you love to put out fires. You love to do it all. And I thought about it. Yeah, I do. I love setting up, setting up chairs. I did it for years at Holy Ghost Hall. If it's for Jesus, who cares? I taught junior boys from 15 on. Became their pastor at 16. Come on, as soon as I got saved, my brother taught me how to put a knuckle grip and nearly break their arm, shake hands, hand out song books, close up. I, what do you mean? If it's for Jesus, don't you want to do it? Man, that was weak. 
We have coffee in the inner service. Get plenty of it. And get a copy of the message. I, if it's for Jesus, I could love doing it. All the buildings that get set up around here, we get some godly men around. They set up chairs. Oh, that's so mundane. Hey, I tell you, the folks getting it done love it. Kids sit in those chairs. Somebody does it. What are you doing in the body? What are you doing? If you're doing nothing, I'm suspicious. I'm suspic- What's going on? There must be some kind of distemper or spiritual health problem. Faith is never alone. It produces a changed life. Now, let's look at the kind of faith that saves. Number one, we're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And this is not a work of our own, lest we should boast. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. The idea is, since the new birth is supernatural, the faith to even embrace Christ, God had to give you. Some think everybody's got that faith. Well, um, I just leave it there. If they've got it, they sure never exercise it. It seems to be over and over in Scripture. Philippians 1.29, it was given to you not only to suffer for Christ, but to believe in Christ. Acts 13.48, uh, and as many as were ordained unto eternal life believed. Uh, that Peter says, add to your faith this character. God gave us the faith to receive the gift. It's amazing. It's all his work. Grace, faith, every man and woman's accountable. Do you believe? Don't you? That's no question. We'll be judged by that. But even those of us who are saved can't take credit that we were exceptional over those that didn't believe. God gave you in the salvation package the very ability to put your whole trust in him and abandon hope in anything else. It is a gift from God, so saving faith is never defective. It's God's DNA that he gave to you. you how do you born yourself? God, he said, is the one that brought this birth. And this birth that came about, he gave the faith to even receive the gift. It's a gift to even believe. Divinely bestowed. God quickens people. Second point. Ephesians 2.1 says God sees men as dead towards him. And in chapter 2.1 in verse 5, he says, I quicken people. I make them alive. I bring them, as it were, from a corpse, from a grave, and I make them alive. And the first symptom of being alive is they believe. But I had to work on the corpse to even get it where it could even respond to God because I was antagonistic to God. I hated God. That is the most hurtful description of any of us. At one time, maybe we were at enmity with God, and the word enmity says we hated the God we now serve. Uh, it hurts me to say that because I can never remember uh, cursing Jesus Christ or uh, saying he wasn't God. I grew up around Christianity. That would grieve me, but he said it. I was his enemy at one time by my works and by my thinking and by my choices. I was opposed to God, and he overcame that animosity and conquered me at the cross. 
and gave me the ability to believe him. And so I can't boast that I'm a Christian. Can you? I got this great faith. No, I got this great God. He, he intervened, for had I been left to myself, I would have perished. And then uh, go to Romans 4, and we'll try to just pick up some elements of saving faith that may be helpful. Romans 4. If I get done, I would be willing to take 10 minutes worth of questions if you have any. Don't ask us where the restroom is or anything like that, you know, pertain to the message. Uh, listen to Romans 4.4. 4. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Let me read 6. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. This is astounding. In justification, God does not charge me any longer with any of my sin. It's not charged. That's what he said. David, you all call him an adulterer. God said, I've already forgiven it. It's not even charged to him. A murderer. He picks Abraham and David. Justification. He eliminates all that you've done against God in forgiveness. And on the positive side, it gives you a righteous standing with God that you can never, never earn. Let's take these points. Let me read them off. Fill in the blank. The justified one, and I put here, declared right before God, does not work. He does not work. It's not achieved by works. It's a free gift of God. Two, the justified one, all they do is believe. Justified one believes. Believes. Believes God. God saves, not them. Three, the justified one trusts not in himself, but in another. The trust is outside themselves, in God. Can God save you? He said he could. He said, if you'll put your trust in me, if you'll put your confidence in me, I will do what I'm promising you in the gospel. I will save you. I will save you. Fourthly, the justified one confesses himself to be ungodly. Uh, there, there's a stumbling block there. Many people say, uh, God wouldn't want me. I, I'm not good enough. I, I can't get good enough to become a Christian. No, no, no. You've got to admit you're bad enough. Are you bad enough to be saved? Bunch of self-righteous folks. You've got to admit you're a sinner. But isn't church where everybody plays goody, good, good, and we act like the, no, 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 no. This is the place where uh, Jesus was our last stop. He's the only place we could get righteousness. We couldn't get it by being religious. The last thing I'd be is in church if I didn't know him. Come on. I'd be out partying a little bit. Let's just boogie until we die. 
I ain't going to hang out in church and li listen to them talk about offerings and building programs and missions. No, 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 no. I, I think I could like drugs. Now, the highest thing I ever got on was aspirin. Because I didn't grow up with drugs. But you really get high on aspirin, you know. I don't blame people for doing drugs. I don't blame them for doing strong liquor. As much trouble in this world and as little escape as there is, where does a man escape? Where do you bury your sorrows, your marriage going apart, your kids breaking your heart? The sorrow, it's a hard thing to be alive in a fallen world. Where do you get relief? Drugs, alcohol, relationships, music, food, sex. Those are the human escapes. I, I got to get above it all. It's caving in on me. I'm the mother of three children. They all got the flu at the same time. How do you escape that? These walls are caving in on me. Where can I get relief? And outside of Christ, the world doesn't and get you hooked on prescription drugs. They, man, they got some liquor there that can knock you out quick. But you wake up to all your troubles. You wake up maybe in a pile of uh, steel and tires that you wrecked your car. You still get a divorce. Your kids are still, there's no real answer. It's just a sedative for a heavy, broken heart. And in my heart, forgive me if you don't like this for a path. I, I just feel pity for them in the change. It's the best they can do. But we got something better. We've got Christ, a brand new life, forgiveness, heaven, help. We've got the best thing in the world, and it's free. It's Christ alone. Why are we so quiet about such wonderful news? This is the greatest news. The greatest news. The justified one does not have faith in his faith. Faith in faith will not save you. I believe I am, so I am. Boy, that's nice for a Ph.D. in philosophy. But, you know, just because you think you're Caesar, you really aren't. If you go over to the uh, J Ward in Martinez, you'll find people there. They think they're everything, but they're really John Doe. They're not Jesus Christ, and they're not Caesar and I've visited the J Ward, and when a man or woman loses their mind, they think there are a lot of things. But you come to Christ, faith in him. Uh, the justified one sees faith receiving righteousness and not earning it. The justified one sees faith as er, or just receiving righteousness and not earning it. So, what is saving faith? It is saying, I forsake all trust, confidence in everything, but in the good news about Jesus Christ, that he wants to be my Savior, that he died in my place. And he says, come, if you'll come, if you'll receive me, just believe I'm not lying to you. I will change your life. I'll give you a new life. And I'll turn you into something you can't imagine. Someday you'll work for me. Not to earn a place in the family, but to just be so thrilled that God would let you be in the family. Saving faith. And I have to say that uh, 
in religious America that's uh, sinning more than they've ever sinned, uh, and with so much religion uh, on different blocks all over the world. What is saving faith? If all it takes is faith in Christ, well, there's all kinds out there. Is it a faith that works? Is it demonic faith? Uh, Have you really put faith in Christ so that you've received eternal life? Eternal life. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to his knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855 833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 